Michigan State loses their fourth straight game, this time to Ohio State. What were the biggest storylines to come out of this game? What did Mel Tucker have to say? And hey, what are actually some positives that came out of Saturday? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the greatest people of all time. Yes, the watchers and listeners of Lockdown Spartans, your team five days a week here, whether it's on a podcast or on this here YouTube channel. Thank you. And I genuinely mean this. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Uh, you guys truly are the, the best people, uh, especially for hanging around, still listening to this show, even though Michigan State is in a tough skid right now. Um, yeah, look, we're going to try to be a little upbeat about this, even though that it has been five weeks since we've seen a win, despite the fact that, yes, it was another double-digit loss. We're going to try to be a little more measured today here, um, but before we get to any of that really quick, hey, just want to thank you all for making Lock on Spartans your first listen. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to this here podcast or YouTube channel, and if you have any questions, comments, concerns, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. All right, now that housekeeping is all taken care of, let's get into the game, and uh, hey, look, I... I know in the last few episodes, I've been depressed, despondent, ranting, uh, but really, I you're not going to get that out of me um, this episode because, well, there's a few reasons. Uh, the first one is, look, that's Ohio State. That's Ohio State and C.J. Stroud, the uh, odds-on favorite to win the national title and quarterbacked by the guy that's the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. The Buckeyes could probably do what they did on Saturday to 115 other teams in FBS. And I'm going to be honest, 115 is a very low ball number. They, they might even be able to do that to 125 other teams in the FBS. So no, I'm not going to be kicking and screaming and punching the air that a college team that could probably win the AFC South in the NFL absolutely worked Michigan State, a struggling Michigan State team, a, a hurt Michigan State team. And also, look, I, on Saturday... Nothing was all too surprising or shocking. Uh, if you were surprised by what you saw on Saturday, first, I would just like to congratulate you for waking out of your medically induced coma that made you miss the last few games because it was more of the same on Saturday. It was you know, miscommunication in the secondary, uh, giving up third downs at will, no push in the run game, the quarterback play was mediocre at best. Uh, we have a really thin front. Uh, defense got beaten up and worn down very early, understandably so, and... Yeah, for the second week in a row, you still can't count on extra points. So, no, I'm not going to sit here just, I'm just swinging my arms around and, you know, acting all upset that, you know, we're seeing the same things over and over again because it it kind of wears you down. And, uh, look, uh, one piece of good news today is that Jaden Mangum is, you know, for the most part, okay. And that's good. So, look, let's just go into the positives right there. That's obviously the, the biggest one right there. Scary moment on the field after the first quarter. And what can be fun for the players, too, is getting back out on the field to play three quarters after you just saw one of your teammates uh, get carted off the field on a backboard. So, no, but honestly, it, that's probably the best piece of good news from the day on Saturday is that Jaden Mangum actually was back on the sidelines in, you know, street clothes. You know, he was not suited up, you know, getting ready to do another blitz or anything like that. But no, it's that, for the most part, obviously he sustained an injury, but he is okay. And uh, look, if we just funnel into more positives here, th that participation report from Saturday's game was as packed as it's ever been, which, you know, leads to a lot of good experience for these young players. And 
I think there is something to be said about that. Um, it, it might be a little... Hmm. No, I. you know what? I, I don't think it is underrated. or it, I don't think it is overrated, actually. I, I think that there is something to be said about all these young kids getting the experience to play. You know, not just in college football, but... Okay, seeing what the cream of the crop looks like. So, and I, look, I, I think we saw great things too from the interior with Derek Harmon, if you will, Alex Van Sumeren. Again, that front was very depleted. Um, not not healthy at all. And when you play a team like Ohio State, yeah, they kind of roll through you a little early because they are big. They are physical. They beat you coming off the bus, and then when it's on the field, it, they back up their physicality. And they, they wore Michigan State down, but still, those young guys were fighting the entire game. Um, hey, Bryce Berenger could probably win the Ray Guy Award. Um, he played outstanding. Now, is it a great sign that your best player is probably your punter? Not necessarily, but we're trying to stay positive here. Um, and look, hey, if you were at the game, if you were fortunate enough to be at Spartan Stadium, uh, you probably just watched a team that's going to win the national title. So if not for nothing else, you saw maybe uh, a team in the midst of history there in Ohio State. Uh, that's God, that's a really good team. And, you know, last positive here is, and th this might be a little too, like, Disney sports movie-ish or a little too rah-rah for your liking, but if you're into this sort of stuff, I, I, I got to say, there wasn't a lot of quit in this team. Um, I, I There was not a lot of bad body language with this team. I don't think it was for lack of effort, even on the sidelines, too. At the end of the game, you know, I was fortunate enough to go close to the sideline, you know, because fans leave their seats, and hey, you just walk up with enough confidence, sit in a chair, and just pray that no washer talks to you. Um, and I, you know, I was watching the sideline more than I was watching the game, almost at the end of the third quarter, and... You would have thought it was a one-possession game still, by the way. You know, the coaches were reacting, the players were reacting, not a lot of finger-pointing, not a lot of yelling back and forth. So, look, if you're into that sort of thing, if you want to see a good mentality between the ears of the players, you got that at least. And Mel Tucker said as much in his press conference after the game. He was asked about, you know, team attitude and everything like that. And he said, oh, no, I let my players know that any negativity is a zero-tolerance policy. And I, I think they took to that. So, look, but unfortunately... Um, Here's the other side of that coin. Unfortunately, that was MSU's best effort that we saw on the field. And so the biggest storylines here from the game, uh, there are two of them. And the first one is that, well, it was just another bleak reminder of um, the talent gap between Michigan State and where MSU wants to be, where any program wants to be. You know, cream of the crop in the nation, but just how many steps it's going to take to get there. Um, look, the, the, the physicality difference in the trenches was glaring. Uh, even the skill players. Look, our, our best corner, uh, Chuck Brantley, he got worked pretty good because, whoo boy, those Buckeyes have some elite receivers. And, um, yeah, OSU stopped scoring when they took their starters out. And our starters were actually in for a very long period of the game, especially in the second half. And I know that some people were like, why are our starters still in? Yeah, maybe A to... <laughs> Okay, hopefully raise their morale a little bit, or also maybe be unfortunately. I think we kind of have to play them. Uh, this is a very injury depleted roster here, so you just need eleven bodies out there, one way or another. Um, and look, it's it's uh, the other storyline too. Here is this is a louder and louder conversation. So this is why we're scooting this up to the first segment here. Is the Noah Kim versus Peyton Thorne debate? And Tucker was asked about that in the press conference right after the game. Like, have you seen enough from Noah Kim? And he said. Quote, none of us played good enough today. I have to watch the film. So, 
no, he didn't anoint Noah Kim his new starting quarterback after the game. And it's it's a debate that, hey, look, started for some people in the very small corner of the internet. After the Akron game, people are already sick of Thorne. But okay, now the sample size is built up. Look good against Washington. Minnesota, uh-oh. Maryland, ugh. And then yesterday, um, I don't think that was necessarily 100% of Peyton Thorne. Um, Ohio State's trenches are pretty good. But at the same time, like that force interception right off the bat doesn't do Thorne any favors. And also what doesn't do you any favors is when Noah Kim comes into the game and looks pretty sharp. So if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm a big Peyton Thorne guy. If you haven't, well, welcome to the show. Thanks for giving us a try. Um, here's why maybe starting Noah Kim would be a good idea. We'll look at both arguments here because even I'm split right down the middle 50-50 here. I don't think it's as black and white as, oh yeah, get him in there right now because, like, I think there's, you know, a compelling argument. But why should you start Kim? Okay, well, anyone with at least one functional eye can tell that he's, he's looking sharp when he is in there, right? I mean, Kim does have a pretty good arm. He's got good touch on his balls. Like, it's everything that you want to see out of a quarterback, especially a backup quarterback, when you come into the game. Like, that drive to make it 20 points for Michigan State, okay, threw a dart to Jeremy Bernard on second and 16. Uh, two great throws to Montori Foster uh, down the field, down the sideline. Had some nice touch. Had to go over defensive back for those balls. It, 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 really, really nice passes. And right now, he stands at 73 completion percentage, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. And also, too, the other guy, Thorne, my guy, <laughs> it's safe to say that he's kind of regressed uh, so far um, from last season. And the, the biggest regression that I've seen, too, and this is really what I thought made him a great quarterback last year, is that he didn't throw himself into a lot of trouble. Uh, anytime he took a risk, it was, for the most part, a calculated risk. And Exhibit A from Saturday's game is that opening drive interception. We, we can try that throw a hundred more times. I'm not sure if an MSU receiver is coming down with that ball all 100 times. That, that that had Ohio State ball written all over it from the minute it left his hand. And, like, that's just not throws that he even used to try last year. And it wasn't as even a spot of a game where, okay, we're down 14 points, we're down 20 points, got to throw ourselves back into contention here. Like, no, that was a time of the game where <laughs> being smart with the ball would have been a good idea. But here's the other side of the coin here is why not Noah Kim? starting against Wisconsin, or starting after the bye week, for example. Um, and maybe it's not an argument as much as it is just me throwing caution out there. And I know that there's a great contingent of people that want to see Noah Kim starting quarterback. But I, I just want to pump the brakes here and look. Kim has looked good, but it's been either against second-string defenses, uh, defenses also playing, you know, prevent or, you know, playing a little lax, or just simply Akron's defense. You know, he really hasn't played against top competition yet. And there is a difference between being the guy from the very first snap of the game to being the guy just out there doing mop-up duty. Um, and also, too, just from a locker room mentality or, I guess, team mentality is... Do you really want to anoint a new starter before a must-win game against Wisconsin this weekend? Uh, do you want to do something that seismic before a must-win homecoming game? Or are you really going to do it over the bye week before Michigan, where they are looking to butcher you completely? I And these are rhetorical questions. Like, no, I'm seriously asking, like, is this really something that you do want to do? Because I get both sides of the coin. Like, okay, well... There's still something to play for this season. We're still looking for bowl eligibility. Let's try to have some stability. But the other end is like, 
yeah, is going out to a 6-6 six six season really worth continuing what we're doing, which clearly has not worked as the offense has not looked good at all the last few games. So, look, um, I think if it does happen, I think if uh, Kim is going to be anointed starter, I think it will happen that Illinois game. I think we're going to see what happens Wisconsin, see what happens Michigan. If you lose both of those, if you lose them badly, okay, season's toast anyway. Go get Noah Kim out there, give him his run. So that's where I kind of stand on the whole thing. I'm, I'm split right down the middle, but oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, is uh, is is the Peyton Thorn train starting to lose some cabin pressure, and uh, my my passengers are flocking away. But hey, understandably so. It does not look good. Uh, we're gonna hear from Mel Tucker here in a little bit, or not hear from. I'm just gonna read off quotes directly from him what he said at the uh, press conference here. I just need to talk to you, fine folks, about simply safe. Folks, the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe Home Security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right, and at Simply Safe, well, they're doing something right. They are making your safety their top priority. I know because I use Simply Safe at my own home. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back, and here is why I love it. With their 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or can't be reached. They have your back. And their monitoring uh, experts use uh, <laughs> proprietary... Sorry, I almost... Uh, completely butchered that word. Use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so that you get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So the man in charge of all this, uh, Mel Tucker, uh, he spoke to the media after the game because, well, he's contractually obligated to do so, and he, you know, a lot, a lot of good questions, a lot of tough questions have to be asked uh, at Mel Tucker, and this isn't going to surprise you. Not in the greatest mood after the game. How could you be after seeing your team um, lose by multiple possessions for the fourth time in a row? Um, but look, the, the media contingent of Michigan State asked some good questions, and I'm sure there are questions on the top of your mind as well. And this is something that we've talked about throughout the last few weeks. I mean, really, throughout the summer when even things were still good, and that's recruiting. Because how do you get out of this hole that Michigan State is in right now? Well, you got to recruit your way out of it. I, you know, I, I believe it. A lot of people believe it. Um, because, yeah, if, if you didn't see the talent disparity on the field on Saturday, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, look, so Mel Tucker was asked if he thinks this has impacted recruiting negatively, this four-game skid. And he says, this is a long quote, so bear with me. No, no, because those guys see an, uh, sorry, these guys see an opportunity to come in here and make a difference. Obviously, we have a really good recruiting class going for the 23 class. It's one of the best classes that we've put together so far here. We're going to continue to add to it and have a really good class. We're also going to have to fight to hang on to guys because that's just the nature of recruiting. We're going to add some really good players. We're going to recruit at a really high level for 2023. Uh, look, I know that some people uh, joke about it, like, oh, recruits see immediate playing time. But there are also a lot of people that are saying that that aren't joking about that because that that really isn't a, a joke. There is something to that, um, there being immediate playing time here for these young kids in the 2023 class or even 
the 2024 class because, look, after the game against Minnesota, you got to commit from Jamari Howard, who's a top 200 player. He's a defensive back out of Florida. He commits after the Minnesota game. I'm sure this is a kid that is looking at Michigan State and being like, yeah, I could play in that field in two years here, three years here immediately, or my sophomore year when I play there. And, of course, you know, to take a step back here, you know, let's remind ourselves that not every recruit is the same here. You know, there's no two recruits that are alike as far as what they prioritize, how much they prioritize it. But if you're a recruit, that does prioritize early playing time and also stability of a coaching staff. This might be the place for you then because Michigan State is committed to their coaches, whether it be Mel Tucker. Okay, They gave him a ton of money for a lot of years. He's not going to be going anywhere. Now, the defensive coordinator we could you know talk about later, which we of course will, but even like the offensive line coach, uh, Coach Kapilovic, he's locked up here. He turned down other jobs last year. He's here for the long haul. So if, if you think stability and early playing time is the thing for the top recruits, it is for a good number of these guys, and this is going to get them in the door here at Michigan State for better or for worse. So, um, yeah, getting drubbed like this in the last few games, it's so crazy it just might work in recruiting. But, look, I, th- there really is something to it. Um, the 2023 class is still looking pretty good. We got 10 four-stars in that class. The offensive line class for 2023, if you just took offensive line players and stacked them up against other schools like their offensive line recruiting class, MSU is probably safely in the top 10, if not even higher, for guys that are entering next year that are offensive line recruits. And yeah, the secondary too, looking pretty good. Four-star Chance Rucker, you know, he's going to come here next year should he not decommit. Uh, I know that Dalen Austin, uh, he's an LSU commit right now. The staff is still hopeful that they could flip him. And yeah, I don't think that's a coincidence that, well, it's because the secondary is really, really struggling and we could use any help that we need, so... Hey, and I also say this every single week as well. There's a lot of talk around Mel Tucker's extension, the massive, massive money that he got, $95 million. You can earn that $95 million if you can bring in a top 20 class coming off of a season that's probably going to be four and eight, maybe five and seven. So like that, that is really going to be where you make your money, Mel, um, coming off of a season like this with a good recruiting class. Um, So let's talk about this defense now, who gave up 429 yards in the first half. 429 yards in the first half. uh, They ended the game giving up, I don't know, a scrillion yards. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, But he said, quote, now this is a uh, a telling quote here. Quote, we'll keep working on it. We'll go back, see what we can do with the guys we have. It's not an easy fix, but we'll do whatever we can to make it better. The key phrase here is see what we can do with the guys we have. That is the nicest possible way of saying that we just don't have the guys in the locker room. We don't have the guys in the roster, the depth chart uh, that can compete with the likes of Ohio State and unfortunately very clearly even Maryland and Minnesota, but I, I digress. It's it's a bad situation. Now, whether that be, hey, the, the recruiting classes that uh, he inherited from the later D'Antonio days or, you know, simply the, the injuries, you know, it's a cocktail of both most likely. But, yeah, that was, that was the most polite way for Mel Tucker to say that this ain't a Big Ten roster here. And so, hey, look, his, his first recruiting class, just sophomores right now, and that was, you know, the Zoom call of recruiting class. The one behind them, Richard Freshman, and now you got, you know, the, the true freshman um, as well. So it's, yeah, it, it's it's still a while to wait for these guys to come up 
and have an impact. So I, I know that's a complete cop-out. I know a lot of you don't want to hear it, but look, unfortunately, that's just the fact of the matter is that you have to be patient because you, you can't transfer portal your way into success every single year, kind of like you did last year with a few key players. And with defensive talk, um, as we do every week here now on Locked on Spartans, is talk about Scotty Hazleton's job security. And he was asked about, hey, are you going to do any drastic changes here um, during the season? And uh, Tucker said, quote, I'm not looking to make any changes from a coaching staff standpoint at all. Any changes that we make scheme-wise or personnel will have to evaluate the tape. Now, I got to say, I'm starting to wonder if Scotty Hazleton's job is actually safer than a lot of us think and want it to be. Because uh, the refrain kind of, you know, rudely enough, but probably accurately enough, is that, look, the, the, the players just aren't that good. And so, like, I wonder if this is, I wonder if it's gotten so bad that this is actually buying Scotty Hazleton some time. It's like, well, wait, Mel, wait till you, your guys, wait till I get my guys too. And for him to come out and say that I'm not looking to make any changes from a coaching staff standpoint at all, that, like, moves my, okay, 90% Scotty Hazleton's getting fired after the season to, like, maybe just 60%. I still think it happens, but there is something now in the back of my head that I'm thinking like, maybe Mel does see that the cupboard's pretty bare and that he's going to give Hazleton one more year on top of this, which well, this is going to, that's going to be awesome for the fan base. Oh boy. You, you could see oh, the, the inferno from our fan base, uh, from the international space station, if that happens, but I see it might be a reality here. So oh, there, there you go. Um, Oh, it's bad. It's it's not good, but uh, hey, hopefully, you know, you got a winnable game next week against Wisconsin. Homecoming, that's fun. So we'll see if anything comes from that. But yeah, that's that's the top quotes that Mel Tucker uh, had to say um, at his uh, post, post-game post media availability. Now, we're going to get into some more positives from you, the fine folks, on Twitter. But first, I need to talk your ear off about betonline.net. That's right, your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every single game you could find, whether it be pro football, college football. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores on every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games, events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, golf, we got NBA ramping up, NHL ramping up pretty soon. Head to BetOnline.net for all of it, or use your mobile device to learn more. That is at BetOnline, where the game starts. And let's end this whole shebang here with some positivity. That's right. I, I bet you didn't see this coming. Fourth straight loss. MSU gets uh, absolutely steamrolled. But we're, we're going to talk about the sunny things in life. I went out on Twitter, Sheehan underscore sports, if you ever want to find me. Um, I said, look, hey, g- give me your positives from Saturday's game. Let's, let's just try our best here. And a lot of you guys responded. So thank you very much for everyone that responded. Uh, I just picked out a few that we're going to go over here, which, uh, hey, th- something to be said about this from Lucas tailgating has been fun that's about it uh look at the end of the day if you are close to east lansing if home games are your thing we only get three more of these chances no matter how good or how bad the season ends like cherish those days these saturdays aren't easy to come by let's not take them for granted here so all right let's go back onto the field here uh jerry wrote it took them three quarters to score 49 points this year instead of two quarters last year uh maybe next year we can make it four quarters and then maybe hold on to them for five quarter pace and then six quarter pace and so on and so forth so like yeah in like 10 years what that that means that ohio state should be scoring like 
what, 10 points a half? I don't know. I'm not good at math, but uh, you could figure out what Jerry's saying right there is that, hey, we took a step up and, you know, uh, funny enough, or actually maybe not funny enough, Mel Tucker was asked about that. Like, hey, did you see any improvement from last year? He said no. Uh, we'll watch the tape, but the only thing I'm worried about is the left-hand column, a.k.a. the win column. So, uh, no, he wasn't taking anything from that game as opposed to last year's game and smiling about it. But, hey, it's good to see that you know, some of us can smile about that. Uh, $95 million man. This is some positivity and perhaps a bold take here too. But, hey, you know what? I love the energy here. He says, we still have a very likely chance of beating that team down the road in our worst of seasons. Whoa, that's feeling yourself right there. Um, look, this game could always be competitive. We've seen really bad Michigan State teams hang with really good Michigan teams. The way I see this playing out in however many weeks it is until kickoff, I think three weeks now. Yeah, three weeks. Um, Michigan either wins by 52 points or MSU wins by four points. Like, we either gut out this disgusting win or whoa, or it is a turn off at halftime and burn the television sort of game. But, hey, you know what? I I love that attitude that in the midst of a four-game losing streak, it's like, yeah, that team down there, there still ain't nothing. Which, hey, you know what? The, the recent sample size says that you are in the right to feel that way. So, hey, there we go. Uh, 49ers, MSU, Lakers. That's right. That's the gentleman's name. 49ers, MSU, Lakers says, I know this will sound crazy, but I honestly see the defense playing better. The offense hasn't done anything since the second half of the Washington game. I truly feel that Tucker will not start Eli at tailback because he fears Berger could transfer. There's a lot there. Obviously, three different points there. But um, the defense is trying their best. You know, that, that's really all that can be said about that. And that some young guys are getting some very valuable experience there. Um, the last point, too. I truly feel that Tucker will not start Eli at tailback because he fears Berger could transfer. Eli's got to be the starter here next week, man. Or if not, the week after that. I, but, like, if Berger transfer, I don't think that's going to be in play. And honestly, like, hypothetically, let's say that he does, he transfers again for the second time in his career. Like, oh, oh no. Like, I don't know. It's kind of an underwhelming experience so far. And I love the kid that we got from Texas coming in next year. Uh, Kedrick Risano, four-star kid. The kid's the real deal. I think he's going to be getting early touches immediately in his career. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the running back thing shakes out in the future. Uh, Teresa wrote in a really good point that we have not got to yet, actually. And uh, first she starts, you know, there appeared to be a, a more passion, purpose, intent to play. I totally agree on that. I really enjoyed watching Eli take the ground and the use of Trey Mosley successfully. But this, which we haven't brought up, and I'm sorry for waiting this on to get to it, is finally Jaden being back. Um, perfect game from Jaden Reed? No. But we saw the old Jaden Reed, though, especially on that touchdown grab. Um, you know, he had a nice little punt return, too. I think that was in the second half, I believe. But, yeah, just a really wonky last few months for him. Ankle injuries, foot injuries, whatever it is, and then gets his back gashed on, on the metal bench. And, like, it's like, oh, boy, Jaden, what voodoo witch did you upset in the offseason? But it really did seem like vintage Jaden Reed for a few pockets yesterday. So, hopefully, you know, he's found some momentum there. With Jaden Reed in the passing game, uh, Justin Rose, that's right, former TV darling. Let's go. He says, I'll be honest, as disappointed as it was, the young guys played hard. Might want to see what Kim does as a starter. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's just confirmation that, uh, at least for, for my point of view, that I wasn't crazy thinking that the guys were playing hard. And, you know, Mel Tucker said the same thing. I think a lot of you guys saw the same thing as well. So, 
Woo! Got, got that going for us at least. Uh, Matt writes in, Tyrell Henry could be something as a kick returner, and I totally agree. He had four returns, 96 yards. Uh, his longest was 30 yards. And, you know, for the first half of the game, I'm up in section 16, which is right behind the south uh, end zone. And so I got the area, we're, we're a million rows up too. So we have the aerial view of Ohio State's kickoff um, coverage. And, you know, Henry was finding holes that I wasn't finding. So, like, it's almost like I got the Madden view from Henry. And I was really impressed with his vision, his speeds, his cuts. So, like, yeah, I thought he did great as a kickoff returner there. So, that, that's another young kid playing great. Uh, Deepwater Connoisseur shouts out two young guys as well. Jeremy Bernard and Keon Coleman have been good. Uh, look, it was weird. It was only three catches for Jeremy Bernard. But, like, I, he's this year's Keon Coleman. We're, like, next year in the offseason. He's not going to have any flashy numbers, you know, coming off of this year probably, but we will all expect a great, great jump from him from freshman year to sophomore year. And I think rightfully so. He's got all the physical tools and, you know, connects with his quarterbacks. And so, hey, there we go. Uh, you know, and let's get you out the door here with two fun ones. Uh, K2X has my only positive takeaway is that we are halfway through this nightmare season. You know, I don't hate that for being a positive. <laughs> That's It's sad, but hey, you know what? It is a positive, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. And Washed Up Never Was wrote, Spartans don't have to play the Buckeyes again till next year. Amen to that. I will not miss seeing C.J. Stroud, Ryan Day. All the stars are on their team. You know, it's... Before the game, I'm talking to my dad, and I'm like, hey, good news. Uh, two of their stars are out. Uh, Jackson Smith... Uh, uh, Najigba and um, what's guys uh, Mayan Mayan Williams. Hey, two of their stars are gone. Unfortunately, they got like 18 more stars, but yeah, two of their stars are gone. It's like that team is so stacked, and I hope that's not missed with anyone. Just how stacked that team is, even with Travion Henderson leaving the game with an injury, even with JSN not playing, Mayan Williams not playing. Like that team is unbelievable and. Look, I'm not saying you should feel happy about the loss, but I, I hope that we could take some solace in knowing that that's a team that will probably be paying for a national title here. And, uh, hey, look, beat yourself up over the Maryland games, the Minnesota games. Th th this is not one that I'm going to necessarily be losing sleep over um, because we could have another one of those coming up this weekend. But, hey, we'll keep it tuned here. Locked on Spartans. We'll preview the game. We'll talk with Stephen Brooks tomorrow, pick his brain out of what it, he saw yesterday, what he sees for the future. So, yeah, full slate of shows. Five days a week, locked on Spartans. You guys are truly the best. Love you all. Go Green.